This is the Real Estate Power Play Podcast, getting you the information that you need to be a successful real estate investor. Hosted by Mark Monroe, Ronnie Walker, Gabe Rodarte, and me, Marty Grizzani. Combined, we've done thousands of real estate transactions. So get ready for real stories and true case studies on finding deals, growing portfolios, and making money. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? What's happening to the Real Estate Power Play podcast? We are coming to you an uh, awesome Tuesday over here. It's nice and uh, probably 115 degrees in Houston, Texas. It's so freaking hot here. You got the man, Ronnie Walker in Michigan. What's the word, bro? How we doing? We're doing We're, good. Uh, what, what is the weather like over there? What are you doing? Just what it's, is that? Uh, it's actually warm today. It's uh, it got a little bit hotter. We're hoping for it to start becoming fall a little bit, but I think wow. some of that Texas heat's uh, trickling up this way. So we're, uh, I mean, it's like I think I think it was like eighty today. I'm not sure. It I mean, was nice this morning, but I think it's about totally 80. side. It has to do with real estate. But what like I, so I used to live in Michigan on the more on the the East Coast side. Yeah. Um, I don't remember making such like right now uh, we were at the soccer field and someone was saying, yeah, the, our AC went out upstairs and everyone, the whole field's like, like even the players. All right. All the kids pause and go, what? Like in the middle of the game, like everyone's like, you gotta be crazy. Like that's how big of a deal it is here. Yeah. Is, it, is the AC units that big of a deal over there? Uh, I, I would say not really. So we actually, as a family don't run our AC very much at all. Um, and so if it gets like crazy hot, we'll do that. But for the most part, um, we try to just explore the uh, the natural change. Just windows are up, fans are blowing, yeah. enjoying the weather, probably yeah. fresh air. Yeah, just kind of let the windows open. You know, I, I, I grew up doing that in the summer. Growing up in Alaska and Texas, we never did that. And so here, moving back to Michigan, we actually like keeping the windows open, keeping the house yeah. open. And so that's uh, that's how kind of we in, enjoy the summer. And the, the Yanks. Yes, sir. Yes, nice. sir. So what are we talking about today? All right. So today we're going to help those who are interested in buying real estate as an asset, asset class yep. um, for investment. And uh, the idea today is just to go over types of motivation of a seller. I think that one of the things that comes across every time you go to a networking event, you go to on here, you go anywhere we go. They're always people are always asking the number one thing. And for me, that is, how are you getting your deals? Yeah. Right. Uh, how'd you get your lead? I'm talking like before you even tell the, the, the story of the deal. How'd you get right. that lead? How'd that happen? Um, and so I want to make sure, is this mic working? It's working, man. Yeah, it sounds good. Good. Okay, cool. So, um, so while we're talking about uh, how we got that lead and how we got that deal, one of the things that come up and um, Ronnie and I were just talking about is just the motivation of a seller and how that really works out. You know, like sometimes these motivations come from all over the place, but what is the typical avatar five to seven motivations that typically happen? Uh, we're going to make this very quick. We're going to hit it hard and just educate those who are looking at buying more assets because this is our way to give back. And uh, so, Ronnie. Yeah. You got a lead. It comes in. What are What's one of the motivations of a typical seller from the many deals that you've done? Uh, probably over 500 transactions just with Ronnie Walker in this group. 
So uh, what's what's typical? Yeah, so I think when uh, when calls come in, specifically off-market, when we're marketing it off-market, I think it's good for people to realize motivation means the seller has a house they don't want anymore. And for some reason, they don't want to go through the traditional process. So the, these motivations that we're going to get into here in a second mean that there is something keeping them from hiring a realtor, right? There's some step that they either most of the time today don't want to deal with or they need to move through something quickly or there's an emotional situation that they don't want to go through. I really like to break it down into three areas. Okay? That's good. One is financial distress. Okay. Right. They're in financial distress of some sort, meaning they've run out of money, right? They're doing a flip and they ran out of money. Um, they can't make their monthly payments anymore. There's some sort of financial distress. The second type of distress is um, property distress, is physical distress, meaning, you know, the house is boarded up or, you know, there's a giant you know, hole in the wall or one of the property I'm, I'm rehabbing right now, it was completely trashed with like up to my waist of just trash and grime mm. and mold throughout the property. Right. Like that is a physically distressed asset. And that's the thing that we're kind of told when we're driving for dollars, Hey, go look for that worst case property in the, in the area. That's the second thing that leads to motivation. And then the third thing is what I like to say, circumstantial distress, which is there's a circumstance in their life that causes them to want to offload that to an investor, right? An example of this would be an inheritance type situation. So as you guys are thinking about what types of situations that sellers are looking at, and you can actually take this and back into the list that you pull, which we'll talk about here in a second. But try to categorize the three areas that as wholesalers and real estate investors that we're buying from, when we say, what's the seller situation, we're trying to isolate which three, which one of the three categories do they fall into? Are they having financial problems? Is the property screwed up? Or is there a circumstance in their life that we want to be able to address and help and bring simplicity, ease and convenience to? And being able to do that, we're able to make their life slightly easier, which then unpacks into a variety of different motivations, what we can go into here in a minute. But as you're thinking about your avatar, the question is, does your solution, when you're talking to them, does it solve one of those three things? Because yeah. in those three things, those are kind of the three areas that I like to explore when talking with a seller when diving into why are you even considering this and then determining if it's going to be a deal for me or not. That's perfect because I think that when you look over, um, you got your marketing strategy either way, however you do it. And we're, we'll probably dig into a little bit of that. You're going to have people that call you on all types of things and you have to sift through and, and you know, you don't have to sift through majorly quickly unless your phone's just blowing up. Right. Right. You still have to sift through your leads and go, okay, what's the motivation of these things? Okay. Let me talk to you, Miss Susan. Okay. Thank you so much. You're going through the whole thing. And then you realize the motivation is really not there. You do a follow-up. Okay. Let me, right. you know, so that's a different situation. Uh, we have one right now where someone is um, handicapped in the house. Okay. 
So guys, pick out which which one this fits into. Uh, handicapped in the house. The wife is taking care of the husband. The wife is also sick. All right. They are 65, 70 years old. The property is on seven acres of yep. land. It is a 1980s build home. Um, needs some exterior work in the house. Uh, the interior of the home, not so much of a hoarder, but they've lived there for a long time. So they have a lot of stuff inside the home and he can no longer maintain the seven acres. Hmm. Okay. So, or the house, right? Cause he's, he's handicapped now. He can't, he's, um, he's not able to get on a ladder. He's yep. not able to swing a hammer the way he used to. He can't even make it around the back of the home where there's high grass. He can't get on a lawnmower, can't get on the tractor. So what kind of situation would, would that fit into your categories? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great. So when someone calls like that, immediately when you're talking, they're explaining, it's almost like intuitively you're like, oh, there's motivation here. But you're not, you know, that's more of an intuitive feel, right? Like he's got a situation in his life. But then when you try to get more analytical and say, which one does it fall into? I would say this falls into circumstance. Right. There is a circumstance in his life that is causing them to need to make a change. He can no longer take care of seven acres. He can no longer take care and keep up the maintenance of the house without it deteriorating, which then could cascade into financial sites where now he's got to pay somebody. But really, there's a underlying circumstance that's making him and her want to transition to something that's a little bit more manageable, something that they can live in for either the rest of their life or into a family scenario. This is a a great example because there's an underlying reason and there's a logistical transition that we can help with. Right. So let's go to that because that's a motivation thing. I think that uh, when I found out that it's not just about buying a property, um, that you can provide other uh, other resources. Yeah. One of the resources that we provide for some of our sellers is a moving company and just pay for a moving company. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that helps out with a lot of stress because if they're like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, it's not just a financial thing. The numbers make sense. You're good. But then they're trying to figure out okay, well, how am I going to move all this stuff out of this? This is my mom's house. She's, she's had, she's been here for 40 years. Yeah. Now we're moving into like, like you said, a logistical type thing, right? Of course. I'll give you very similar to what you said. So the last two properties I've done, um, both of them were scenarios where there was a divorce situation. One was a remarriage. Okay. So the way that this looked like rich nickel, what's up, my man? How are what's you? What's up, nickel? Uh, Um, so both of them were a divorce scenario. One was a remarriage in both cases. What we did was we actually bought the property and we, we did a lease back, right? A seller lease back where we purchased it. We held back half the proceeds until a certain date. And then we charged them $200 a day as a penalty. If they went past that date, one of them I own right now and they're still on their lease back. The other one I wholesale. Well, this is an example of there was a scenario with the one that I wholesaled where the investor bought it is they got they had a garage full of stuff that they hadn't moved yet, but they needed to close quickly because there was a tax foreclosure. So we worked out the deal, closed on the property, 
they got a portion of the proceeds, the taxes pay off, and the, the investor I wholesaled it to owned the property and then would work with them to get their stuff out of the garage while they fixed up the house. Okay. Well, because over $50,000 was stuck in escrow and was going to be released to the seller once they moved the stuff out of the garage, this does two things. It one protects us as investors, but also it provides flexibility to the seller, which is really what they need. They don't want to get rid of their entire price, right? right. They, they, they have to, they want to make money on their property, but also they're in a, they're in a pickle. And so it's up to us to solve that problem. That's a very, just a very one quick snippet, you know, strategy that we use that I've used constantly through the years that is a way of solving problems in a scenario like a divorce or a moving. And that's where, you know, when people start talking about all this creative stuff, Gabe, and I know you know this, when people are like, there's, there's 70 different ways to do blank and there's all of this, that's born out of a need of the seller. Right. Right. That's, that's literally birthed because the seller is like, I'm willing to sell it. I'm willing to be flexible, but I'm trying to do blank. And that creative situation is because of the situation yeah. that they have explained to us, which gives us a tool to solve that. And so one of the things of, of understanding and, and bringing out the motivation of a seller is you have somebody who looks at, uh, might be looking at selling their property or getting out of these three categories. I did four, but three categories. Uh, these three categories as a square box, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I'm only inside this box. I don't know how to look at it any other way. It's the reason why I reached out to you or went to your site or online or searched for this or made a phone call, got a referral. I don't know besides this. And that's the reason why I made a call to you or why maybe a cold call or whatnot. I'm, I'm entertaining this now. Okay. Yep. So, so now that's there. They only see within this box. It's our role to help bring out some of that motivation of the motivation of the seller is what we're talking about here. Yep. All right. And the more strategies and stuff we have, it's, it's great because then we can help them go through it. But I think the key that what Ronnie is talking about is, do you have the story form? Do you have the language, the format to go, I know how to get them out of this situation. Um, if you don't, we're, we're happy to help you go through that process. We JV with deals all the time. Ronnie does JV, Mark and I, uh, Marty. This is what we do to help you go through that because it's you kind of have to have a little bit of experience here to help someone get out of that situation. Otherwise, you're just following some online thing and um, it's not always the best thing. We, we're, right. we tend to be helping people out of that situation than helping them through it. Um, yeah. So now we have this motivation. Um it's good to get them outside of this box. But before we go there, you're saying that there's like a personal motivation. I would say divorce is one of them. Yep. I would say uh, death in the family, a probate type thing. Yep. Right. Is another uh, thing that can push someone towards a motivation. Yep. Um, maybe a, a loss of a job. Yep. Right. Where they're personally in the, in the spot. Health issues for sure. Oh, yeah. That's always a thing where you're just like, you know, I've, it's weird because... um when it comes to health stuff, I think the first thing people go is say, okay, I just 
cut my grass the other day, or I just did this other thing to the house, or I did this other stuff. And the, and it tends to be on a house, correct me if I'm wrong, but it tends to be on the house where it's already kind of needing some work. You know, uh, maybe they've had some illness and they're like, I'm just putting it off, waiting for me to get done. And then the blow comes and they're like, I don't think I'm going to get any better. Ronnie, look, this is it. I, I know that this has to have some work done to it. Uh, we've been putting it off for a reason. I love what you're saying. So I find when I start talking to especially new wholesalers about Thank you, by the way. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I I find that the constant thing is I'm looking for motivation. I'm looking like, is this guy motivated? And And as I've dug deeper asking questions, what they're looking for is actually the wrong thing. They're looking for a... A, a tone of desperation versus a situation. Right. And, and what you're describing here is a situation. It's not necessarily a tone, right? If we're looking for a tone of, of motivation, I'm going to miss it, right? I'm going to miss out because the truth is people have options and people they can call and you're getting cold calls on this, right? They're looking for someone credible they can trust. So they know there's options, but they're looking for someone to solve their problem. And so when you're talking about these situations, I, when I approach it, that's exactly what I look for. I'm looking for situations or some sort of flag, right? Think of like a red flag when some of you're talking to someone, right? Some sort of flag that says, hey, the taxes haven't been paid. Hey, I have a medical bill that came in. Hey, I'm moving across the country. Hey, my father died, right? And so, hey, the property was flagged by code violation, right? Hey, my water was turned off. It's been vacant for three years. These are flags that should key us into there is a motivation, even if this guy doesn't sound or this lady doesn't sound desperate, this means it's an investor type of property that I can go. And so that let me the ask you this, have, how often, cause I've, I've only had, I can maybe count five deals that we've done where the person calls me up with the ultimate motivation on the phone call, first or second call. And we're signing a contract that afternoon. Right. I mean, there's not that many times. I mean, I, I remember walking out of one, the guy didn't even sound that motivated. He's like, look, I just need to move on from it. Come down to the house, take a look at it. I show up. This was a couple of years ago. And I would just remember signing the contract and he goes, yeah, that number works. And I'm going, I mean, really? And he's like, yeah. He goes, how fast can we close? And it doesn't happen very often like that. You so, really have to have your ears in tune to the story that they're saying to the motivation of where they're at as far as like, personal situation or maybe they drop a hint of something and you just want to pick up on it you're not you're not really looking for someone to go hey ronnie listen man i really need to get out of this thing my ex my ex-wife is this or man we're under we're under the gun we're going to lose the house tomorrow can you come sign today right that's yeah, typically the not that the happening case. are i think the last time that happened to me gabe was like five years ago um <laughs> yeah you, you know the days right now that we're in are not the days of come out to my house today, sign a piece of paper today, make it happen right this minute. Those, those days for a season, not forever, but for a season are not there. Okay. Today, 
people are in situations that they have to sell, they have options, and they're looking for the person who can solve their problem that's credible, that can actually close and that they trust. Right. And so yeah, it seems like there's more tools that are needed. Yes, there's more tools. And I think the the seller situations haven't disappeared. Okay. People are still in situations that they have to get out of. Like there's plenty of people who want to sell to investors. I think it's like over 30% of all transactions are sold off market or something crazy. Like yeah, it's, that, right? it's a, yeah. It's not a low number. I think it's 20 something, but either way, go ahead. Okay. Right. Like it's like a, it's a really big number. guys. And so what that means is there's plenty of opportunity for wholesalers right. and for investors to buy properties. The question is, are you bringing some credibility and can you identify their problem and then show them that you know how to walk them through their specific problem? And if you can do that and identify that and make it easy for them, they will sell to us as investors. So we have the easy one, which is the financial side, right? Like yep. it's pretty, per, that's, that's almost the easiest one to go. Okay. So financially you just, there's financial hard times. You can't do this or a tenant jacks up a home. I got one right now where the tenant jacks up a home. Okay. That's not a problem. All right. Yeah. But a lot of people can solve that problem. What's the issue? Well, the issue is that there is an insurance claim on this house and you have these other three or four categories that are happening at the same time. And there's multiple other homes. Yeah. Okay. And so we are helping this uh, woman who uh, is now a widow through the process. And she's going, my husband takes care of all this stuff. Right. And so not only are we, you know, helping her move on from this property, we're probably going to help her move on for two or three other properties as we make it simpler for her. Um, we're walking her through it. Also on the phone three way with the insurance company, which is, you know, something that you have to do if this is what you want to do. Yep. Right. So I'm like, okay, on a three way, getting the information, talking to her. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll help you get the information. We know what we're doing. We get off the phone. She's kind of ringing out the, she's upset at so-and-so you, you're that counselor, that person. Hey, you know what? It's okay, Ronnie. I got it. We do this all the time. This isn't that big of a deal. We, you know, we do this. This yeah. is what we do. So, so you're this guy in between or this, this woman in between um, really helping to kind of usher them through this closing process that they've never had to do on their own. And that's a whole different types of motivation. That is really a motivation of, I don't even know what you would call it. It's, a, it's something where they're just like, I, I've never bought a house in my life. This is, this is all my husband's estate, right? This is really you just coming in and being their their savior in a sense of their helper, their hero through this process and go, listen, I just I just want to let you know, we're just going to be as fair as possible. You yeah. know, we're not going to try to screw anyone over. That's not what we're trying to do. But I want to help you through this process. And in return, yes, we are going to buy your property. We might buy these other ones also. Um, but let's get on a three way phone call. Let's call up your insurance company. Let's see what we can do there. Oh, they need something. OK. Oh, wait. You don't have a computer. You just use your cell phone. Okay. Don't worry about it. I could help you through that process also. Like these are things that come up that most people are like, you got to be crazy. This stuff really happens. And I'm going, you got to learn how to solve these situations. Yes. And what's interesting is, and this is something for all of us to get, like if we can really get it, we're doing something in the backyard. One of my kids were, I don't know what he, we were doing something in the backyard, like 
mechanically, maybe uh, it was with the, the garden or something like that. And I go, hey, son, uh, we had to get resourceful with a couple with the with the tools that we're using. <laughs> and I go, you know how you make great money? And he goes, yes. He goes, the more resourceful you are, the more money you can make. And I'm like, exactly. You know, he's 11 years old. And this is the lesson that I'm teaching him while we're out there trying to fix the, the lawnmower and the landscaping and the garden and all this other stuff, because I'm showing him how to do this stuff now. You know, and, and that's just our life. But I want to be able to teach my son that stuff. Because I think that whenever we talk to wholesalers and investors and other people, and it's one of the reasons why you have a training program, right? right. It's one of the reasons why we do this is so that we can help people be more resourceful with what they have. And it's such a beautiful gift. By the way, I did learn this from Tony Robbins. I did listen to an audio one time. And he said, if you can be resourceful, you can figure out how to make good money with your life and have a great lifestyle. So we're using that same resourceful skill into finding people's motivation and then taking that and saying, how can I solve your problems? Dude, I, I love that. And let me ask you this. How hard was it for you to make that transition from I need scarcity to I'm here to provide value to create that resourcefulness, right? To transition and say, I have everything I need. I just need to be resourceful. What what did that look like in in relation to finding deals and identifying motivation? I'll tell everybody the truth. Like, so when this happened for us, we were in scarcity mindset. Like I was, I was a, uh, you know, we had crews, construction crews, all this stuff. And I was like, I need to, I want, I want to do other stuff. And I was just in that mode of like, I just need to start doing deals. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think it was a place that calls it enough burn and a desire and a, a fight in me. And then as I would go, what would happen is over the course of time, some deals just fell in my lap that I was like, I don't know how to fix it, but it's in my lap. So then I just started reaching out and looking at things of saying, OK, how else can I help this type of person? Right. Um, I got into this business, though. A lot of people don't know this, but I got into this business because my grandpa passed away and we took his assets, which he only had one and uh, some other stuff that he had and stuff. And we had to learn how to monetize it for my grandma. And that's really how I got involved. And, and then I helped my mom go through this whole thing. Right. And as I go through this whole thing, I'm like, oh, there's kind of a cool niche. This is back in that real estate thing that I've always wanted to do. You know, it's like it wasn't it wasn't like I was in a hot pursuit of this ultimate Gabe that some people see like it's not that or even that my kids think I am right it's it's not that it was something of me just going you know what I'm just going to help out my mom right right and then I go you know what I can help out some other people and then I started helping out some other people and then it got to a place that I know how to do this but I'm still now this is starting to become something real and I'm in hot pursuit to get the next deal to get going to, to make some money on this thing and not just do it for helping people because <laughs> I'm helping all these people. I wasn't making any money. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm going to close a deal where I make some money. So I start closing deals and started making money. And then it just got to this place where I started looking at it and saying, if I could just learn other skills to help people besides straight up cash, here's your home. Right. Or let me, you know, trade for keys type deal. And that's when things started switching for me. It started looking at saying, there's other stuff here to be resourceful with other things. Look at their motivation. Uh, I started asking questions differently. I started looking at my skill set differently. I started developing it. 
looking at story form. Like, yeah. you know, when you share a story, I, I remember I got this deal from this guy and uh, long story short, I was cold calling and uh, I was cold calling. And then I talked to a realtor somehow that day and I go, yeah, we're buying properties like this. Okay. Now, now keep in mind, he didn't have anything, no property. I go, yeah. I said, we just closed on a property that just had some title issues and some tax issues. And he goes, oh, I go, yeah. So for instance, and I share a story that I just, we just closed on this deal. I said, so that's something else I'm getting pretty good at doing. And he goes, man, I, he didn't have a deal that morning for me. He goes, Gabe, I have a deal kind of like that. I go, yeah, what's the deal? And he tells me this story. We're still friends till the day. This is a realtor. And he goes, this is a lady. Her, her parents passed away. She's in this home. There's tax issues. You have 23,000 or whatever it was, $30,000 of back taxes. She, he tells me this whole story. I would have never have received that deal if I didn't know how to draw out and tell a story of creating motivation or, or not creating it, but saying, hey, do you know anyone who has this type of motivation? Yes. Isn't that crazy, though, how like me sharing that? Oh, my gosh. I just talked to this lady two days ago. I'm like, 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 what do you mean? Talk to this lady. He's like, no, I mean, like I was in the house, heard the whole story. So by me making calls, he didn't hear that I knew how to solve that problem. He just saw me as that guy in the box that can just buy a house cash. Yeah. Isn't that well, crazy? Is it, isn't it powerful, though, that once he, and I think this is the lesson for all of us as, as investors, too, not just sharing the story and telling people what you're looking for, but also him as the investor, he wasn't able to recognize motivation and or solve it. And this no. is the power of, you know, we're constantly looking for motivation. But the question is, is it staring you in the face and you're missing it? Yeah. Right. Because we don't have the confidence that the thing we're looking at is the deal. You see us being able to see that motivation, Gabe, just like what you're saying, to know the types of motivation we're looking for and then recognize it in stories that people share with us and having the resources to get it to close, man, the, this dude, what you're talking about, that's the winning formula. That's why you're closing a whole bunch of deals. This is how we close. I don't close by anything else. Story. Yeah, I share stories more than anything. Um, I had a mentor of mine one time said, you got to learn how to do story selling, not storytelling. Stop telling people stuff and just share the story like, oh, well, I had something like this happen before. Or, hey, let me give you an example of something. Your situation, Ronnie, isn't exactly like this, but I have had something like this happen. Yes. Is that kind of what you're feeling? That's that's exactly what I'm feeling. How are we going to solve my issue, though? Well, let's go after it. Let's let's see what we can do. Let's dive into it. So, man, I this is that. really good, though. Right. I mean, as far as finding out motivation, guys, we can we can dig in a lot more. Uh, Ronnie is just a wealth of knowledge of of really systematizing it and organizing it to where you can like really eat it and like digest it on a case by case basis. That's why he is the man. Um, and is there anything you want to say before we close out? No, guys, I, I think the thing, the last thing I want to say is don't stop looking for motivation, right? Don't, if there's no motivation, be okay with it. 
just move on until you hear the story because we're looking to solve people's problems and it's really easy to be like i got to create motivation in people and and that's not how this works we're marketing to somebody who's reasonable then we hear their story and then we solve their problem and um dude i i love what you shared i think i think the story selling is so powerful gabe um i think i think it's powerful just to be able to recognize people's situations through the circumstantial the physical and the financial i think us as investors the more that we can dig into the why and the who our client is the who the seller is the more opportunity we're going to have to make money because we're going to know who we're serving and who we're helping and really be able to bring that value to them. So guys, don't forget that. I know it's something that's easy to overlook when you're analyzing deals and you're looking at this, you want to do this. You're like, man, I want to do a $10,000 deal and I want to do this and I got to do marketing. But remember it, there's a person on the other end of that transaction. And the question is, you know, how well is Ronnie serving that person in order to do this deal? And so I, I think it's super powerful. That's awesome. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time at the Real Estate Power Play Podcast. If you guys have any questions for us, any thoughts, anything that you want us to go over, um, DM us, call us. Um, you know how to get a hold of us. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys later. Peace. This has been another episode of Real Estate Power Play, guiding real estate entrepreneurs to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast or follow us on YouTube at Real Estate Power Play.